Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Well, Lacey, good to have you back. Lacey Partipillo, should I say? Yes. Yeah, so I'm not going to go back and change all the old episodes That's where okay. it says Lacey Halpern, but today's guest for, for the listeners, Lacey just recently got married. Yes. Partipillo is her new last name. So when you see it in the show notes, Partipillo, it's 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 Still the good me. old Lacey that yeah. we've, we've had back. And we were just, before we started recording, we were talking about how too much time has gone by since Lacey's came, come on the podcast. You started with number one. You did a hundred uh, you've been on like 20 episodes yeah. but we've had like 12 episodes go by before we've had you back so we thought hey let's let's talk about employee handbooks again you Take start we, we actually started with number one i i will never go back and listen to that one you were great i, I can't listen to myself no, i on won't that. be listening to myself either <laughs> <laughs> i love it but there's so much like with the employee handbooks they've changed so much i think the use of them has changed quite a bit in in today's like modern world how are employers using employee handbooks? I imagine it's different. I think some of the the foundational pieces are still there, you know, setting expectations for employees, using it to onboard new employees and get them enculturated into the company values and things like that. A lot of that is is still the same. We've seen some changes in terms of content, length of handbooks, you know, the language being more progressive, really trying to have a focus more on culture um, and norms versus just policies and procedures. So some of those have shifted over the last few years. If you're consulting on people who are listening right next, that's what you do. You mm-hmm. consult with employers, right? How do you want them to leverage an employee handbook? Like, what would you say? The very first thing that I would encourage employers to think about is, are we going to use this? Because, you know, I think especially in that first podcast that we did, and I think I even wrote an article at some point about handbooks, the focus was so much on compliance and it's just a good idea to have a handbook, but really shifting that thinking, and I certainly have over the last decade, that it's a tool that can be incredibly useful. So just to have that focus um, be at the forefront, I think is important. Well, there's like this weird balance, right? Like you just mentioned the progressive thing. And I I think that nowadays people want to be introduced to the culture. And I think the employee handbook is a natural way to do that, right? Uh, In addition to the onboarding process. But there's also the necessary evils of the compliance, right? right? You have to get somebody to sign. Yeah, I'm not an HR person, so I'm not even going to begin to guess what's in that handbook. But to your point, like people will kind of set it and forget about it. Yeah. Like they'll they'll sign it, they'll shove it in their drawer, and they'll forget about it. And part of it, I think, is because of the length. It's too long. Uh, if you have a physical version, it's hard to search for things. There's maybe a table of contents that you can look at, but it's like it's just too much time. Mm-hmm. You'd rather have something that's shorter, uh, speaks to the culture. But like, what do you do about those necessary evils? Like, do you have 
two separate things? Do you have, I, I don't I've seen both. I, really? I have a client that does a separate culture book and yeah. then has the compliance book. I have a lot of clients that are keeping these online or in some type of internal format, yeah, yeah. internet. You can um, access it more readily. You're not digging through your drawers, you know, wondering where it is. So I think that can be helpful. But yeah, there are policies and things that need to be included. For example, statements that the employer is at will. Hmm. You're an Oregon or a Washington employer. Um, Details about medical leave. I've also seen a shift to putting summaries in as policies. So for example, if you're an employer that's got employees in a few different states, maybe you'd have just a couple paragraphs about medical leaves of absence that are available to employees. And then because it doesn't happen very often, we don't have employees taking medical leave all the time. Maybe we would have a supplemental document that's included that's got more procedural information too. What do I do if I have a need for a leave of absence? Who do I contact? What are the necessary forms? So there's some type of toolkit that goes along with it that's separate so that we don't have five pages of all of the regulations around FEMLA. Yeah. And are you seeing this? Or are you just recommending this? I'm seeing it and I have recommended okay. it. So I don't think that it's realistic to expect an employee to um, know the handbook front to back. No way, yeah. They need it to be accessible. It needs to be a document that they can find the information that they need so that they're not constantly asking the HR person or going to the manager And the culture piece, I think, for me and for most of my clients is the most important. So what do employees need to know about what's it like to work here? Some of that can be introduced, you know, lots of different medium. We have clients that have culture videos. Zenium has a culture video. But using the handbook as a way to do that is a nice touch. It's a nice, yeah, nice supplemental tool for it. Let's talk about the accessibility. I think that's a really good point. And I think like with the, you know, the development of like Google, for example, Every content is accessible. Information is accessible. Mm-hmm. That's why people use Google is because mm-hmm. it's got such a good search. How do we make handbooks in the same way? If you kind of make a parallel to like the search world, how do you get handbooks to be more accessible? Because they're, they're 50, 60, 100 pages. I'm not going to read through it. I'm not going to memorize it. How do you make it to where I can understand what my benefits are, what to do when I want to take PTO, what my what the laws say about me taking leave you know how do you make that stuff layman's terms for an employee who doesn't want to spend a lot of time reading about it yeah so the first thing is i would have an electronic version especially if you have employees that have access to a computer at work right i can do a find option in the document search for what i need i think there's uh the ability to and i'm not a, a tech person at all but to set it up so that the document has a table of contents where you can click through, yeah. um, which would take you right to the section that you're interested in. And you're in. talking about like a PDF version. Yes, a PDF yeah. version of the You handbook. can absolutely bookmark right. the sections. Yeah. So that would be a nice way to make it so that people aren't spending a whole lot of time reading through pages that aren't necessary. Another thing I would think about is having an employee handbook that has the information that applies to everyone. And then if there are pieces oh, like that, that don't apply to people, take it out and have it be something that's separate. So I've got clients that have an employee handbook and a manager handbook, maybe because some benefits are different, the way that PTO is administered is different. Give me the information that applies to me. So I'll read it, I can access it, and I don't have to go through and figure out, is this policy applicable to my position or not? So separating that information out can be really helpful. It isn't a best practice to have 
a bunch of separate policies where, you know, documents get changed or lost or forgotten during the onboarding process. So I'm certainly not suggesting that we have one handbook and 50 other separate policies. But, you know, something that employees can go to, they know it's for them, it applies to them, and it's easily accessible somewhere online is helpful. Hey, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about something exciting we're bringing to Zenium clients and podcast listeners. We just developed a web-based university and recently launched three e-learning courses, one of which is on leadership and the other two are on preventing harassment, one for managers and one for all employees. Listeners of the podcast can get 10% off by going to zeniumhr.com forward slash courses You click the course you want to purchase on the landing page and you check out with the promo code POD. And now back to the discussion. I think a lot about like how content is nowadays. Like you think of a blog, for example, it's got categories, it's got tags, and it's easy to just like search for what you're looking for. What if, you know, in addition to the paper version of a handbook, what if employers kind of took a page from some of the tech geeks out there where... So like, okay, let's get this thing electronically and let's make it a user experience to where we can start tagging and categorizing individual policies or philosophies or whatever it is. So that way, like when you're looking at PTO, it's maybe it's uh, tagged or categorized as compensation or time off or whatever. And then throughout the handbook, you're tagging it as such. Absolutely. And that way you're lumping things together. And like you mentioned, applies to everybody or applies to executives or applies to whatever. You could tag that as well. And then that way, now you're spending less time looking for what actually applies to you. I think that's great. And I also think there are ways that you can design the handbook so that you are pulling out similar to like in if you're reading a magazine article or in a blog where there are bubbles almost that come out of the content and there's a summary couple sentences that kind of highlights what are we talking about when we say PTO what is the most important pieces Um, and then having even forms and ancillary documents that are needed that go with the policy for example a PTO request form a PTO repayment form, if you are an organization that allows employees to borrow against unearned time, they can click that in the online version of the document that takes them then to this supplemental document that's also housed on your internet. I certainly don't know how to set that up, but I have clients that do it. And you you want to make it easy. If you want people to follow your policies and do the procedures, fill the forms out, um, or even links to take them to an internal HRIS system. Yeah. So if it's an online PTO request, let's link it to that so I know exactly where to go. What's interesting about the discussion that we're having is I... I, I bet I'm going to make an assumption that a lot of HR people who are listening are, are having similar problems mm-hmm. where they're like, everything's moving web-based, people want accessibility, but we have this like tech problem. Mm-hmm. It's not only a marketing problem because we want to like get, inspire the culture and make it creative and whatnot, we'll talk about that. But the accessibility problem is something that a lot of HR people, unless they have a tech background, can't really solve on their own. They need mm-hmm. help from IT or some sort of engineer of some sort to get it on the web. Where do they go from here? Because I think we're I mean, we're a bunch of HR consultants. We're not a we're not a software engineering Absolutely. firm. Like we have these problems too, but we're talking it out. Do you think other people are having the same problem? Oh yeah, and I think that similarly to how we have recommended that HR professionals partner with marketing when it comes to culture and onboarding yeah, and absolutely. recruiting. HR should partner with internal, you know, uh, information systems folks and the IT department 
to help streamline and and make these departments more lean? How can we make the information accessible and also make the process easy and simple? And there are online solutions for some of this. I've got a client that's implementing a new HRIS system that's going to house policies and procedures. Some of it's for document control. Too many policies out there floating around and Nobody knows what the most current version is, but also accessibility. You've got 40 remote locations for this, in, you know, one client in particular. <laughs> Employees that don't have email, company email, they don't have access to a computer. What are we going to do? Let's put tablets in every single location that have access to this new program so employees have the, the policies right at their fingertips. And we're, you know, saving paper with a push to be more sustainable and green, I think employers are looking at those kinds of options too. Yeah, especially when you have remote workers across the country or international or whatever, you're not going to print them and mail them. That's just right. irresponsible in my opinion. Right. I think sometimes we assume though that some of the more blue collar type positions in those those kinds of industries, those employees aren't willing to access things electronically or they're not capable of doing that. And I think that's a inaccurate assumption. I think Really, those uh, employees are people that are on Facebook. They're using personal email at home for the most part. So if it's a technology issue, why not supply them with the technology they need? I'm not suggesting computers for all you know, production yeah. workers in a facility. Just to access the employee handbook. Exactly. Yeah, but silly. a tablet or one workstation that's accessible, yeah. that they've got access to the information that they need and maybe not the things that would be inappropriate for them to, to get into. It's interesting because like right now, maybe in your you would know this better than I would but like employers are still asking to redevelop their handbook people still inquire for us to to develop a handbook for them this isn't going away like Absolutely the employee not. handbook is still like in intact in the way it is but it needs to evolve i think we all agree with that um and maybe some some employers i like i've seen where they have a, an employee handbook that's 60 years old and they're like just trying to get it to today's standard where does this go like i think it'll it'll always be here and i think employers are just shifting like i said the way that they're teeing up that language so that it reads more employee friendly it's it's understandable um the language is progressive maybe it's it's got some humor in there just to yeah. light lighten it up a it bit it needs to sound like the company though like yes. if, it, if it doesn't sound like you and it's like if you're a blue collar organization like manufacturing for example but yet it sounds like a marketing agency like and it's creative and stuff like that doesn't fit it might not fit right yeah. so having that voice really be the voice of the company um, having those cultural pieces in there is important and then you know using it as a tool to help hold folks accountable, manage performance um, without a policy. It's difficult for HR practitioners and managers to enforce the rules. And so being able to go back to what's what's in that policy from a risk management perspective and from a growth perspective, if we want employees performing better, we need to give them the boundaries and the parameters so that they can you know, have the ability to do good work um, and know what their limitations are. We had, um, and actually you made the introduction, but we had Jenny Bergadal on the podcast a few weeks back, uh, a few episodes ago. Um, we talked about just hiring for culture and like, what do, what do you do about that? But she mentioned like, she kind of subtly like snuck it in there, but she was talking about the employee handbook and mm -hmm. the toad lore is what they called yes. it. And I actually had several people reach out to me about like, what would she say? And I just want to rephrase it for a lot of people who are listening. Toad lore is basically their version of the employee handbook. It's very designy, very culture driven, but it's like, it's metal toad. It's like, it it's is. them, right? It's a cultural book that talks about norms yeah. and lingo and um, what it means to be a toad. 
they have a handbook though they have so a, there's a separate one it's a separate book um that we supported in in creating with them and it's it's more of those procedural things some of that compliance related um information that's necessary the necessary evils maybe mm-hmm. is a good way to put it um so they have both and i do think we could maybe even link to toad lore because i'm I think, going to a lot of people actually a lot of people yeah i um in the last podcast i in the show notes i linked to the I want to say that it was a LinkedIn Pulse article that Tim Winter put on on LinkedIn, and several people said they referenced it in either talks that they're doing or in a blog post. They just found it super interesting and they shared it. It's really well done, and it's something that each new employee gets. And it's not um, that's actually something where they're they're a tech company, and so most things are electronic, right? Yep. They've, they've got an HRIS system. Yep, we do onboarding. Physical. They actually get a book. physical book. Yeah. yeah, this leather bound beautiful book and. Um, it was designed by their internal um, graphic designers, and and it's it's a real work of art, and they're yeah, very proud really of it, is. and they sh- and they should be. And I think I have other clients that haven't gotten to that place yet, but they talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the wave of the future. I think so too, and it's like it's one of the most creative things I've ever seen. And I think employers they're they're talking about it, I and mean, we're talking about like how employers should go that direction. But it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're a tech firm. They have engineers. They have creative people. Like they have the resources mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. How do how do the regular employers even start doing something like that? On because that's on the other end of the spectrum, right? You have something that's paper based and and policy driven on one end, and you have toad lore on the other end of the spectrum. Like, where do employers even go? I think similarly to a small business who's outsourcing their HR, right? We don't have the internal expertise. You would work with design firms yeah, to a really expensive something. handbook though it might be but you, if you think about it you you spend money to to make money and attracting and retaining talent is incredibly expensive so i think you just work backwards and decide one does it work for our organization i have some clients where it wouldn't work yeah. i don't think it would be the right fit it doesn't send the right message and i think it would feel false and um inauthentic but for a company who feels like, hey, this could be a good fit for us, um, or maybe it's something different. Maybe it's a culture video. Maybe it's um, just a unique way to get those norms and things communicated to employees through a buddy system, some mentorship yeah. programs. There's a million ways where you could do it. Figuring out what that budget is and, and finding an SME, I think, is where you'd start. Any other employers you've worked with done anything remotely creative as that as toad lore i have a lot of clients that have gotten really creative with the design on their handbook and included um images and and those are must have honestly absolutely. like if you want it to look and sound like your culture you need obviously images of your culture right and and branded things in terms of font colors yes, um, absolutely that type of stuff but i don't have any other clients that have a book like toad yep. lore metal toad is um i think at the forefront of some of yeah. that and like when we do employee handbooks for employers because we have have you know we obviously have our our clients that use us on an ongoing basis for hr but some people will just come off this you know out of nowhere and say hey i developed my employee handbook and we've got you know the base policies and but we work with them on the philosophical stuff the culture pieces and then we always customize based on like their look and feel like fonts and colors and images and we always customize that because it is important to your point and it's like if you have a, a limited budget on what you can spend on an employee handbook, that's that's like the least we could do to make it feel like them. Yeah. Versus yeah. just a canned You want it template. to be a usable document, something yeah. that people want to reference. And that's, I, I that's think the that's the missing piece is most employee handbooks are not something you want to reference. Right. It's much easier to just shoot an email to your manager and ask the question. 
Um, but if it's a document that I, hey, I think I actually even remember the picture that's on that page. And it's just something that um, an employer can do to set themselves apart. And I do think eventually it won't be unique anymore. Um, but the handbooks that we most of the time see from new clients coming in are often template boilerplate language in Times New Roman that there, you know, there's no design element to it. And I think our clients have been pretty impressed and excited to be able to roll out something that feels more like them. Times New Roman isn't creative? <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. Not so much. Uh, we at Zenium had, we had our own little set of problems. It wasn't a problem necessarily, but we had a hard time communicating what our perks and benefits were. And a lot of times you had to like go through the handbook to do that. And I think a, a year or so ago, we had been using like a, a long version of like, we called it benefits at a glance. And it was like, I'd say 10 pages of yeah. like language that, had benefits and perks information and it was very specific to the benefit so it was a document that yeah it was time consuming every year to update because it yes. talked about deductible on health insurance and that can change year over year so yep. um it wasn't it was too specific i think too specific and and we already had the employee handbook so it was basically just repeating it so anyways, long story short, I got involved. Susie Allgood, who's super creative um, and is, you know, in tune to the culture and all that. And then Kathleen Lowe, who was our recruiting manager, we all kind of put our heads together and we're like, how do we just, how do we obviously communicate to our current employees? Because they're not looking at the handbook, if the physical format, let's create a supplement that's even shorter, so like more of a flyer, for right. example, that could live electronically or uh, or just a one pager that you can give to people. And we basically, we call it benefits at a glance and it's icon driven and it would just kind of show you like what your perks are really quickly at a glance. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I get spot bonuses or I yeah. get, you know, peer recognition or I get a day off a year for community service. Or, you know, those quick things that you would have to dig through an entire employee handbook to find. Right. Now it's on one page. Yes. And I have a lot of clients that have shifted to something like that. Um, some that have done a more lengthy version, but a lot of them have said one page, I want to be able to print it and hand it to somebody after an interview or even exactly. in advance so they can come prepared to ask about what do you mean community service? Yeah. What do you mean spot bonus? And I think it's been really helpful. And the cool thing about ours is that the the design and look of it, it matches our marketing material. And Everything. so we, we yep. talk about that all the time, that the way you market to your employees should mirror the same image. You know, you're the same company to the to the yeah. marketplace as you are to the employees. Otherwise, it feels disjointed. And that's where the employer brand really comes into play and why the employee handbook is like the lowest hanging fruit really is. for pairing those things together. Like, okay, what do we look like to the market? What do we look like to our internal employees? Those should feel exactly the same. Yeah. And that's that's why, like, as a marketer, I get really fired up about that because they should really feel the same. Yeah. And and if employers aren't doing that, that's a good place to kind of look is how do we show up to our customers and to our employees? I've got to ask you this. I don't want to, but I'm going to. Because it's the necessary evils of a handbook, policies have to be in there. What are like the newest federal compliance related things that absolutely have to be in a, ham a handbook? Because I know people are listening and they want to know. 
uh, like where do I go to get these policies, temp, you know, template language, what needs to be in there, what can I keep out, you know, those right. sort of things. Some of the things that, you know, I would, as you're listening to this podcast, make kind of a list of some things to double check. If you're an Oregon employer, making sure that your PTO or sick leave policies are compliant with Oregon sick leave. It's yes, not those brand, have changed quite a bit. Yeah, it's not brand new, but it's um, yeah. definitely something to pay attention to. Washington sick leave law will be effective next year. And so making sure if you're a Washington employer, same thing. Paying attention to policies that limit employees' rights to talk about protected concerted activities. So making sure that your policies don't, you know, say that employees can't talk about their wages or working conditions. Um, That's part of their Section 7 rights under the National Labor Relations Act. You know, those are some of the things that come to mind first. We've definitely made a lot of revisions to our handbook over the last few years. And so we definitely tell our clients, you know, look at it at least once a year, if not more frequently than that, especially if you're a growing organization because employee thresholds change. So if you get to 25 employees, that might mean something depending on the state you're in and then 50, so, so on and so forth. What's the best way for somebody to to make sure it's up to date on compliance? Working with an HR professional that stays abreast of compliance related topics is important. Um, if you don't have an HR person internally, reaching out to a provider like Zenium, some of our um, you know companies might work with an employment attorney to keep things up to date. So I think an, an affordable option is just to pay attention, stay stay on alerts from uh, legal firms because they tend to keep employers um, and companies like us up to date on changes. What about like employers? Because we have listeners that are all across the nation and even international. For those that are like multi-location, maybe international, where do they begin on the compliance side of things? Yeah, that it's very challenging to stay on top of, especially if you're an employer in you know, many different states. Um, we have the ability to support clients like that. And um, I have several clients that have employees in 10 plus states. So um, we work with legal um, partners that are well versed in those states to make sure that our addendums, that's typically how we would set it up. You have one handbook that applies to everyone and a separate addendum for each state. That's a nice way to kind of separate it out. Let's end with predicting in 10 years where the employee handbook goes and you touched on a little bit i've got my my own thoughts but i want to hear in 10 years what is the the state of the employee handbook gosh i don't know i don't know that i would have predicted 10 years ago that we'd be putting pictures in handbooks so no way yeah that um so maybe what i would say is that i think the the medium that we use for handbooks may change. I It'd think, be interesting to see exactly if, right. if we do more video descriptions of policies and and that type of thing. It might be more interactive. Um, I think that's probably where where we're headed, and it'll be really interesting to see that change. I think you're spot on. What I just because I'm on the tech side of things on on marketing and whatnot, accessibility is huge, and the 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 barrier to entry for technology is like next to nothing now it's cheap it's there's a lot of tools out there it's cool multimedia is easy right uh video is still pretty hard because there takes some there's some production value and it takes time and and you need equipment and whatnot but i I think you're spot on i think whatever platform we're using is obviously going to be searchable you'll probably have policies and segments of your handbook all published in more of a table of contents fashion but also globally searchable right so you you could see the whole thing laid out in probably outline format but then you could also go to a global search function at the top and 
type in whatever the heck you want and you'll find it really fast. To your point about multimedia, video, audio, text, that'll, that will have to be in there. Yeah. And I think it'll, it may even be something where employers look to use it less like here's the handbook, read it and abide by it, but have the experience be yes, interactive. Experience. And it, it may show up more like some type of training module where employees get to interactively go through and learn about the company versus just read about it. Exactly. Like they're involved in the process. They feel a part of the family, all those things. I think you're totally right. And I, I think if employers are listening and saying like, well, how, here's how we use our employee handbook and why would I even need to go this route? Well, uh, it's because it's a very competitive world out there for talent. And if you want to keep your employees and have them be part of the family to not go this route, if other employers are doing it, you're going to be left behind. It, I mean, it's kind of silly because it's it's an employee handbook and there's many areas of the business that you got to work on, you know, development and compensation. There's so many things, right? Employee handbook's one small component, but a big one. It is, absolutely. Lacey, part of Pillow. Awesome to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks again. Great to have you back. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.